Right now, we stop down for... Entertainment news for you. Which is brought to you by... Window Nation and All Pro Foundation Repair. And here's Dave. Thank you. And joining us for this segment and the next one, our rant friend Gordon. Hey. What's happening, guys? How we doing, Gordy? Listen to that big you're, voice. You're extra loud. Oh, am I? You, yeah. need to turn no, you sound microphone. good. You sound good. Okay. You good. sound powerful. Compared to Bob's mic, it's, it's great. Yeah. So tonight is a big night for me. I'm going to see New Order down in Deep Ellum. And it was also a wonderful morning as I looked on social media and I saw the announcement that The Cure has announced their first North American tour since 2016. Go Dave. <laughs> so they made Who's a couple the they made a couple of uh, festival appearances in 2019, but they haven't done a full-on North American tour since 2016. And so the Shows of a Lost World tour is going to kick off on May 10th in New Orleans and make 30 stops across the US and Canada with uh, support from the Twilight Sad a uh, <laughs> Scottish band that is uh, their favorites. They always open up for The Cure these days. What a perfect name to open up for The Cure. Yes. And here is uh, something that is very encouraging. As we're all kind of, as music fans, constantly smacked over the head with how expensive concerts are getting these days. They are. So they are doing the Ticketmaster verified fan thing. So you have to pre-register. Yeah to uh, get an invitation to buy your tickets. Mm -hmm. But The Cure has mandated that there will be no platinum tickets and no dynamic pricing. So the prices will be the prices. There's not going to be any surge pricing or... You know, the, the first couple rows are $5,000. Is that surge? Great to have you with a surge. Anyway, uh, so three dates in Texas, uh, May 12th in Houston, May 13th in Dallas at Dosecki's Pavilion, and uh, May 14th in Austin at Moody Center. I will be there. Have you seen them before, Gordon? I have. Going. I saw them once in, I think it was Grand Prairie. I think it's where I saw it. Yeah, Verizon or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'll go see them again. They're great. I definitely want to see The Cure again. I think they're they're one of our great American bands <laughs> from from England. <laughs> from England. Speaking of music, the uh, U.S. recorded music industry, per the RIAA report that was released yesterday, has shown. An all-time high in revenues. Really? Yes. So in 2022, the U.S. recorded music industry had $15.9 billion in revenue, the seventh consecutive year of growth, and 84% of those revenues streaming, as you might expect. Wow. So, yeah, I guess just the... Instead of just being able to listen to songs on the radio, now with every human being playing these songs, and I, it would seem like the artists are going to be making more though, but they're not. Yeah, th- well, I think they're still they're still working out the the pricing and payment model of streaming. Every service kind of does the math differently, yeah. and all of them arguably underpay artists because they artists are the product basically yeah 
Um, but the number of paid subscriptions to on-demand music services grew at uh, double-digit rates last year. So grew 10% to 92 million. 92 million Americans have a paid music subscription. I hardly, I don't know if I know anyone who doesn't, unless Gordon doesn't. At what cost per year? Uh, doesn't say uh, the average cost, but but what what do you think we pay? Uh, for like for Spotify? Yeah, uh, family plan is that twenty a month? I don't even know. I don't include my family in anything. Okay, so an individual well, account I think is twelve dollars. Yeah. Okay, but let's say it's I think it's nine ninety nine a month on Spotify. Twelve you is do? for two people. Okay, it is. Yeah, maybe so the, maybe me and my wife. Maybe the some. family plans. If like, you tell them you're in college, you can get it cheaper. Like, <laughs> let's say it's eighteen. Let's say it's two hundred a year. Ninety-two million times two hundred. It's a lot. Whoa. Now, as far as physical formats, uh, still moving in an upward clip, although at a much slower pace than streaming. Up four percent, one point seven billion last year. And that is driven by vinyl. Vinyl grew 17% last year to $1.2 billion. That's the 16th consecutive year of growth for the vinyl format. 71% of all physical format sales were vinyl. Dang. And for the first time since 1987, vinyl outsold CDs. Wow. Oh, that's Music. crazy. 41 million vinyl albums, 33 million CDs last year. How are tapes doing? Tapes are coming back, but no but it's but it's niche. It's it's for like Gen Z. They think it's real novel to have cassettes. Yeah. To have to rewind to hear the song again. What a beating. But it's just not a good there's it's, nothing yeah, it's not a good There's format. nothing good about that format. No. No. I mean unlike vinyl which, you know, people say has a warmth to it. But at the time um, we just thought it was just it was Portable, right? Oh, yeah. it, was, I mean, it was so it was great. Better than eight tracks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the kids think that the uh, the whole idea of the cassette case, it's cool. It, it just the it's tactile, a the it's tactile a nature of it. Yeah, and the little gears. Kids it's don't just, have machines anymore. Yeah, it's I think just it's cool. cool. Yeah. And you know, who didn't love making a mixtape back in the day and decorating the the cover and. Did you Writing like your when... little personal liner notes to that hot girl that you were hoping would uh, oh! enjoy the tunes that you selected for her so painstakingly? Sounds like it didn't work out too well for you. Nope. Did you like it when your Walkman <laughs> would eat your tape? Oh. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm just glad that Gen Z is getting to experience the getting out the pencil oh, and my gosh. having to rewind the tape into the back into its casing. You're like, oh, it still kind of sounds okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it warbles a little bit here where it got eaten once, but it's okay. <laughs> eaten once. <laughs> uh, Alex Jones, his company, Jones Free Speech Systems, <laughs> which Systems. is the parent company of InfoWars, they have officially filed their Chapter 11 reorganization plan with a bankruptcy court in Texas. Oh, no. Ah, they went woke, huh? Because I'm hearing they're going broke. Yeah, that that will happen. Yeah, if going woke means believing that Sandy Hook actually happened, then yes, he's gone broke. Um but yes, he's been ordered to pay $1.5 billion to the families of Sandy Hook victims in a couple of different uh, libel suits. And so 
the company, Free Speech Systems, they had to detail their plan on how they were going to pay back all of these debts and how they were going to operate moving forward. And so, did you even know like how they make most of their money? No idea. Gordon? I think it's... Doesn't he sell uh, like vitamins, vitamins, and supplements, and yeah, the main, the main part of their business that they expect to sell in uh, this fiscal year thirty million dollars in dietary supplements. What? No way. Does he promote that on his show? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Is that where his yes. before and after picture that's always online? It's redder <laughs> from and wearing a belt. <laughs> he looks exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just more red. <laughs> well, so not only that. Okay, so they they show that uh, that their expected uh, income, and then they expect that after they pay all of their expenses and corporate salaries, that they'll have seven to ten million dollars per year to pay creditors, including the uh, settlements, the Sandy Hook families. How so, long did that take? Yeah, so seven to ten million to get to one point five billion. Like he, yeah, he's, I mean, he still wants to appeal, and he said in uh, on Infowars in October, he said, "Do these people actually think they're getting any of this money?" Oh God! Oh, I mean, he's such human. a horrible human. But here's here's the best part. So he, of course, is still head of the company. And he's also expected to hire a new uh, COO. So he's CEO. He's expected to hire a new COO. And both he and that new COO would each get an annual salary of 520000 God. And Not bad. they would also have a potential incentive pool between 560000 and $1.3 million. Yeah. So it doesn't scream bankruptcy to me. No, no, I don't get it. The aggressiveness. What a launder. What a tool. What a tool. Okay, that is your e news. We need to run because we need a big fat grape fest segment to discuss Jared Fogel. Five fourteen here on the hard line. We're off at six tonight for Stars Sabers. Right now we have a rant revival grape fest mashup on the ticket. Oh, here's Dave. Well, that was really a stinger. <laughs> and yes, we are still joined by the great Gordo. Hello, Gordo. Hell yeah. Have you watched this? So uh, we're about to dive into. The new docu-series, Jared from Subway, Catching a Monster, which debuted on Monday on the ID channel, and it is also streaming on Discovery+. Plus. Have you seen this or heard of it, Gordon? Is that the, uh, that's the murder channel, right? The ID yeah. channel? Yeah, it's like always... the true crime thing. Yeah, lover kills lover thing. Yes. So, so no, I have not watched this, and I, I, I'm assuming it's pretty disturbing. When did this happen? What years did this all take place? So, rumor, rumors of his misconduct started around 2007. Hi, Miss. Hi, Rue. And for the record, 2007, considerably after his appearances on Bad Radio in 2004. Oh, okay. Bob's trying to distance from his friendship yeah, with Jared. I, I remember you guys doing nothing but platforming him. <laughs> 
You just oh, couldn't yeah. get enough of bringing legitimacy to Jared. Didn't you play Dallas National with him? No, I did not play Dallas National with Jared. Vacationed with him. As he's holding up his jeans. Yeah, I think you went to Thailand with him, didn't you? No, no. That's also. You went to the island. So, yeah, 2007 is when everything started to be rumors about him. And then 2015 is when he got busted. And then quickly the trial happened. Or. I guess it wasn't a trial because he uh, ended up reaching a settlement, but that's when he went to court and everything and was sentenced in 2015. So the it's a three-part series, and there's kind of two main story threads, and we'll touch on those. They also talk to people who knew him when he was growing up, people that went to school with him, other uh, Subway spokespeople that did the Jared diet and then ended up being kind of with him in some of the later commercials, you know, so they kind of fill in the, the rest of the story, but we're not concerned about that. We're just concerned. Yes. We're just concerned about these two particular storylines. So one is a Sarasota, Florida radio host, Rochelle Herman. And she, she befriends Jared because he does an appearance on her radio show and he gets her number, and they end up having this relationship over years. And then the other two characters that are uh, prominent in the series are a couple of girls, Hannah Parrott and Christian Showalter. And their stepfather was the uh, president of the Jared Foundation. Okay. So let's start with uh, Rochelle Herman. So... She talks about this is one of the first times that she had ever met Jared. Not the first time, but maybe the second or third time. When did the subway campaign start? Was that in the 90s? I'd say around 2000, but I'm totally guessing. Okay. He lost his weight in 99. Okay. All right. Yeah, so early 2000s. Bob knows the whole biography. Yeah. (laughs) So at this point, uh, Rochelle has, has met Jared. They're friends. And... They are doing, a, she's doing a, a kind of a, a TV package with him. He is doing an appearance at a, a middle school, and she's there with her cameraman, and there there's some downtime while the cameraman is doing his setup, and this is how he first kind of broaches the subject with her. Oh, no. Jared leaned over just out of the blue and tells me, how hot he thought middle school girls were. I just shut down. It was such a shock to me that I really just hear what he just said to me. So that that's he just kind of he kind of puts it out there and (laughs) she just ignores it, right? Yeah. But then would you think maybe it was a joke? I guess there's no way to construe there's no way that to, as a joke. It's, yeah. a, it's a weird thing to bounce off a someone you don't sort know, of stranger. Yeah, yes, yeah, or probably someone you do know well. In both I cases, Did, didn't he lean over and say the same thing to you, Bob? No, he, he did not. On just one to, of his many bad radio appearances. Yeah, just to okay. clarify, just, uh, right no, after you, we, we just did talked, a live spot. All we talked were cold cut combos. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then she has his number. 
And so she realizes that things are a bit off with this guy, that he's not what he seems. And she has two young children of her own. And so she feels protective of them. And she's also concerned about, because all he does is tour around the country doing these public appearances for Subway and going to schools and talking to kids about a healthy lifestyle. And so she starts taping her phone calls thinking at some point he is going to crack and he's going to say something incriminating. So here is kind of when those calls start. I gave the appearance that I was somebody he could confide in. I'm talking to you. Throughout the phone calls, there was a number of times that he would bring up the subject of children. Tomorrow, I'm kicking off this weekend program to try to get kids to eat healthier, stay more active, and reduce their screen time. What is it? Just trying to fire kids up a little bit, you know? So it should be be fun. He didn't get into any sexual nature of it, but he deferred right to the subject of children. He must have been thinking about it. So nothing bad so far, right? She's yeah. just she just has a bad feeling. The end. She has a bad feeling, but she knows that there's more beneath the surface. To the point that she and this is before she is engaged any law enforcement. She's just doing this on her own. She's got her investigative. This is journalist. to catch a predator yeah. type thing, yeah. And so she's like I, I need to I need to meet him in person. And she has like a, a dictaphone that she's trying to record stuff and she makes arrangements to go visit him when he's in town the next time and goes to see him at his hotel and things got weird. He started to become very hands on just as though he had a right. I very calmly just kind of pulled away i did not want to get physical with jared i was thinking of every which way to let him know it wasn't okay then he leans over to me and he tells me how hot it would be if i put my hair in pigtails and would i do that for him so that's why he didn't like you, Bob, because you didn't have hair to put yeah, in pigtails. Yeah, because yeah. you didn't glue on some pigtails. I I think I need to stay out of this story. I just, <laughs> I just think overall this shouldn't be about me. Yeah, when he was up in studio with you, were you wearing a wire, Bob, to try to catch him? No, I, I had no real suspicions. Again, just sandwiches and jeans. <laughs> okay, I kind of have a. This bugs me about the production of these types of shows. The the uh, like. Really dramatic. Yes, listen at that. All that ominous crap they have to play. Yeah, I know. It's over the top. Uh, So at that point, he goes to the restroom in his hotel room, and she just runs out the door and books it to her car and leaves. And then she makes up some excuse like, oh, my kids had an emergency. I'm so sorry. I'll see you next time. And so she keeps the stream of, uh, of communication open. And... Maybe a few months later, she finally gets him to start to open up about what his kinks are. Oh, boy. He was very much wanting to go to fetish clubs. Uh, what if I went over uh, watching other people? Did it turn you on? Turned on big time. I asked him pointed questions. I wanted to find out his true desires. Can you do that before? Oh, my God. You have no idea. 
What is the craziest thing you want to do? Seriously. Suddenly, he drops a bombshell on me. I want to do everything. What about um, when you talk about someone who's young? How do we do that? I want to figure it out. We can work on that. Like how young? I don't know. Middle school, whatever. Like a nine or ten. Yeah, that'd be hot. Yeah. That'd be really hot. Nine or ten? Is that what yeah. she said? Nine or ten, and he said that'd be really hot. What in the world, man? So, at so this wait, how many months has she been doing this with him? I mean, I I don't know exactly, but this is maybe like six months or a year into their relationship, and she's taping every single one of these conversations. So, uh, but they, they didn't have a re- they had a relationship, like a physical relationship. No, 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 no. just a friendship. They, they had never consummated. She just made him believe that she was interested enough to string him along and get him to talk and trust her. And All so, because she had this suspicion based on that time that he had said. Yes. Does she take that tape to the cops? Yes. So at this point, she realizes this is more than I can handle by myself. And so she goes to visit the feds. What age seems to be the easiest? Early middle school, probably one of the best. Yeah. Girl that's already there, you know? Yeah. Mm. After only about a minute, she said, is this who I think this is? She gathered some of the materials, walked out of the room, and then three agents came back in. You know, kids are maturing faster nowadays. I know, which I love. <sighs> They were not only shocked, they couldn't believe someone of his stature would say these things. So at that point, the FBI is like like fake tiger. Yeah, it 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 totally does. does. It totally does. But at that point, the feds are like, yes, we need to start. We need to open a case. We need to surveil him. And they tell her these tapes that you've been making are not admissible because he doesn't he didn't give you permission to record him. Yeah. And and she so they want her to continue recording him, but they give her some protocols like time stamping when they when the calls start and when they end call letters. And so they, resets resetting. They they keep going. They keep talking, and he just really starts to trust her and starts to talk about his trip to Thailand. Okay, whoa, whoa. is this is he into? Girls and boys? Yes. Oh, okay. As we will hear. Oh, boy. Here. What is the most unique experience you've had with someone, you know, really young? I mean, it was definitely Thailand. Yeah? I would love you to go with me. We can get whatever age you want. It's just crazy. It's just easy over there. Different ages, and you just sort of choose who you want. And and uh, there's a prize for it. And off you go. I want to know what excites you. When I had that little boy f***ing it was amazing. Yeah, now tell me. Oh, it was so hot, baby. It was so, so hot. Would you rather have a little boy or a little girl? Dude. Wow. Yeah, come on. So what is, are we doing? At this point, is that legal? For hit for like is that admissible? I don't know. Like once you contact think, the police, is I think it- I think they at this point they were trying to just build a case and they were trying to get Rochelle to get any kind of 
confirmation, like names, dates, places that they could further investigate, knowing that they can't use this audio in court, but this could be a tool for them to make a broader case. And then they did try... How did you not see this, Bob? Holy cow. This is sick. They did try to set up a sting, and they were going to use Rochelle's son's birthday party as the bait. (sighs) Oh, I am going to have a party for him. Would you come down here for that? Yeah. That'd be great. Jared became quite interested. He wanted me to invite all their friends and their siblings. I want to see all the kids looking at you. I want to see your mom checking your body up. Checking your huge boobs out. Checking your ass out. You know, I want to see all that. I want you to, I want you to watch me paddle with him. Watch what? Watch paddle? Did I? What did I hear? Oh, God. Okay. All right. Wow. My dad. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So quickly, let's touch on the other part of the main storyline. This is what actually got him busted. Okay. So the guy, Russell Taylor, is the president of the Jared Foundation, and he is the stepfather of these two girls who were 11 and 13 at the time. And they thought it was cool at first that their dad was friends with Jared because they got to do cool things. They got to go on cool trips. And their dad was super full throttle, and so was their mom, to the point where they let the kids drink and smoke weed and party at in the eleven house. and thirteen. Yes. yes, what? And they were grooming them to make them more suggestible to the sex stuff. And so, as it turns out. Russell uh, and Russell Taylor ends up getting busted because Indianapolis police find text messages that he's exchanging with someone. He has a horse MPEG with his wife that he is trading. <laughs> what is going what on? The hell? Wait, Dave, let's just let's go back to doing funny stories. <laughs> find the- something about breastfeeding in the news. Whoa, so wait. here here is how Russell Taylor gets busted. Investigators served a search warrant at Russell Taylor's house to collect evidence associated uh, with bestiality. Investigators did find images of an adult female in contact with an animal. And they identified the person in the images as Angie Taylor, Russell Taylor's wife. During the course of the search of Russell Taylor's house, investigators inadvertently discovered hidden cameras built into things that look like something else like a clock in places like children's bedrooms so what was happening is russell taylor was filming his daughters and sending highlight reels to jared and that's how jared got busted because of the communication and what was being sent back and forth between him and this guy. So was it was the stuff that he said about Thailand did that ever make it into the case? No, what what Jared actually got indicted for and tried for and pled to was uh the exchanging of child pornography with this guy uh Russell Taylor and 
going across state lines to engage in sexual activity with a minor because he went from his the man act. In, he went from his home in Indiana to New York City where he would hook up with underage prostitutes. Wow. Yeah. So one more clip, uh, actually two more clips, one more from the show and then one more I want to play before we close. So this is uh, the prosecution one of the one of the voices you'll hear is the pros- prosecution attorney, and they talk about the flimsy defense that Jared's attorneys made when they actually got to court. His attorneys said early on that he had swapped his food addiction for a sex addiction, and that he was a good candidate for treatment, that he would be able to beat this and get better. That seems ludicrous on its face today. It seemed ludicrous at the time. I think you could have any number of addictions and you're not suddenly going to find someone who's underage sexually attractive. The defense had one of their witnesses saying it was mild pedophilia, that his problem primarily was teenage girls. But he was, according to our evidence, sexually attracted to children as young as age six, boys and girls. As young as age six, Bob. Mm. This might be the sickest segment we've ever done. It's but your I'm fault. I'm still you, thinking you about worked the with the guy. Definitely not my yeah, fault. What happened with the horse? Did you see what that horse was wearing? Horse so got involved in this. Jared ended up being sentenced to uh, <laughs> victim blaming the horse to yeah. 15 years, eight months in prison. He needs, he must serve. Lawyers. He must oh. serve a minimum of 13 years before he can uh, be eligible for 13? time off with good behavior. And uh, he will have to be under supervised release if he, if and when he is released. He also uh, agreed to pay a hundred thousand dollars to each victim, so one point four million dollars to fourteen victims. So that is the sordid tale of Jared from Subway, and it's a very disturbing watch. Discovery ID. Discovery right? okay. ID. Yeah, it's uh, called Jared, or, or sorry, Jared from Subway catching a monster. And I went back and I I listened to a uh, Subway commercial from back in the early aughts, and I feel like that there were clues there that we missed. Okay. Oh, no. Remember Jared from Subway? Do you want to watch me play really young? Inspired a lot of people. I want you to watch me paddle a little bit. He's looking good. To show you the way. When I had that little boy, it was amazing. Okay. His name is Jared, and I need you to subway. I was so hot, baby. That's where it goes. Gordon. Listen to this song. Bye. Seven sandwiches, six grams of fat or less. Would you rather have a little boy or a little girl? What an inspiration. <laughs> Subway. Eat fresh. That song is it's so disturbing. It's like a strip tea song. Like a burlesque song or something like that. Oh my god. Welp. Welp. There Good you stuff, go. Great man. Everybody take a shower now. Good stuff, great man indeed. Thank you, Gordon. I think he left already. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He had to hang up. And that's the He was Gordon That's the last Keith. edition of the Rant Revival. Gordon Keith was too disturbed. He quit.